Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Steady Focused. I am your host, I am your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And guys, we have a great show for you this week. Help me welcome to the show, Mr. Tyler Babin from New York City. He's a videographer and editor for Gary Vaynerchuk's The Daily V. And if you guys aren't familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk or Daily V, strap on your seatbelts because this is absolutely going to be incredible. Your mind is about to get blown. Uh, no more introductions, okay? Let's get straight into it. Please, let's give a big, steady, focused welcome to my friend, Mr. Tyler Babin. <laughs> It is going phenomenal. It's a great day. Um, like my dad says, every day is a great day, no matter what I think. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Right on, dude. Well, please, let, let's just uh, introduce yourself and talk a little bit, you know, a brief history and your background. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Tyler Babin. I'm originally from Florida. I was uh, born and raised um, in Pensacola and then lived in Tallahassee for about uh, 10 or 11 years. Um, I was always super kind of creative as a kid, always had sort of a fascination with cameras. So my sort of process went from wanting to make movies and then I transitioned into, uh, into really deep into photography and design. And then for about the last year, um, I've gotten really tripled down on the post-production side of things. And I'm really focusing in on, uh, on like editing and motion graphics. Mm. Moved to, um, New York City about a year ago, uh, took an internship at VaynerMedia as a designer, and then um, through kind of a crazy turn of events, ended up on Gary's team. And so now I am have one of the, the lead editor roles focusing specifically on Daily V. Which is absolutely incredible. And let's just jump straight into an audience question. Felicia asks, if someone is just tuning in to Gary Vaynerchuk, they might not understand his daily show or the importance of what it is, wh who Gary is, and this documenting of his life and how he helps others. Yeah. So Tyler, who is Gary Vaynerchuk? What is Daily V and why should people even care? Absolutely, so I'll give kind of a, a brief condensed history of Gary because it's just so well documented, but um, Gary, you know, he was born in Belarus, Russia. His family immigrated and uh, he sort of grew up in the Queens, New York and Jersey area. Um, originally, he had a family business that was a, a wine store. He grew that uh, really quickly in the late 90s using sort of advertising techniques that weren't being utilized at the time, email marketing and things like that. Um, he rode that way for a really long time. And then in about 2009, he and his brother AJ started a media company called VaynerMedia. Um, and it's become one of the fastest growing marketing agencies in the world. Um, we're working with some of the top clients all over the place. You know, the thing that's super interesting about Gary is we're, we're documenting his process of going from, you know, where he started this company to where it's going to end up. And, and being an insider, I think it's going to end up being one of the most revolutionary companies in history. So it's going to be super interesting, especially in 10 years, to look back at all this documentation we're doing and really be able to visualize sort of how he did it. And people can take those, uh, those steps that he took to hopefully achieve their own goals. I know how motivated I get just from watching the videos that you guys are putting out mm -hmm. and watching Gary and, and listening to Gary and getting 
fired up even when I'm eating my Cocoa Pebbles. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. I got to eat my cereal with uh, intention. Mm -hmm. So um, what is it like sitting in the car in the back seat right next to Gary when he is, you know, just vibing? It's it's really unbelievable. And it's like you said, his energy is just so intoxicating. I uh, Whenever I was living in Florida, I always thought that I was working as hard as I could and then moved to New York and found out I could work a lot harder. And then every day that I'm with Gary, I find that um, he pushes me to, to go more and more intense. I'll give a little bit of a history on how I ended up on Gary's team. This is yes, kind of please do. That was my of, next question. Go for it. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, I... I had been a really big fan of Gary's um, for a long time. I was following all of his sort of online traffic. I knew that I wanted to uh, <clears throat> try and develop some sort of relationship with him. And I figured the best way of doing that was to get a job at VaynerMedia. So um, I left school and ended up getting the first internship I could find at Vayner. I worked there for a few months. And towards the end of it, I, you know, I hadn't really had a chance to talk to Gary yet. So I just sent him a direct email and and told him that I was an intern, that it had been a really amazing trip, um, and I'd love to sort of sit down and chat with him for a little bit. He said yes, so after a bunch of reschedules, because his, his schedule's so crazy, I ended up getting five minutes with him one afternoon. So I, I go up to his office, and I talk with his assistant, and his assistant tells me that uh, he's running behind and he's not gonna be able to do the meeting. So I was, I was really disappointed, but he said, you know, there's actually one sort of variable. He's about to get in the back of a car and go uptown if you'd like to ride with him. So I said, absolutely. So we, we jump in the car and uh, a five minute meeting turned into about a 45 minute meeting in the back of, an, in the back of a cab, um, which was super exciting and also absolutely terrifying because I wasn't even prepared for my five minute meeting, much less, you know, close to an hour with him. Um, but he was, he was super cool and really uh, really inviting and just was curious about my story and, and what I wanted to bring to the team. I was pretty upfront with saying that, you know, the reason I came to Vayner was to, to be able to work with him. Um, and so by the end of it, he had offered uh, an opportunity for me to make some stuff uh, for his sort of personal brand, his some Instagram content, which I did. Um, and then a few days later, it was moved over to be a permanent member on his team um, as a designer and editor. And then I kind of moved up the ranks to, to the position I'm at now. Um, so sitting in the car, in the back of a car with Gary is, is amazing. He really is, you know, being someone of such high stature and, you know, he's making all these uh, incredible deals. He completely cares about you and really just wants to, to know more about you and whatever, know what he can do to help you along your journey. And I think that's really amazing being someone, you know, you, you wouldn't figure someone who's quickly becoming a celebrity and, and has all these crazy things going on would care. Uh, but he does. I mean, he's, he's really, really a great guy. When you got into the back seat and you're, you know, face to face intimately with Gary for the first time, I mean, how are your nerves? Are you about to puke or do you want to scream? Do you want to cry? <laughs> What's going through your mind? Yeah, it was very nerve wracking. The, the really funny thing is um, I was actually sandwiched in between Gary and D-Rock, who was filming Daily V at the time. So oh, if you actually you can watch Daily V uh, 39 and there's a little clip of me getting in the back of the car for Gary and I's first meeting. Um, this is a little interesting tidbit, but yeah, I was, I was super nervous. I remember I was like shaking and jittery and didn't know what to say half the time. Um, sorry if the audio is a little bit weird. I'm in Brooklyn and so there's hey. always sirens and everything going by. That's um, real life, man. That's what we yeah. want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, wh yeah, what's it like living in New York City? I, I have not been to the East Coast. I've done a lot of traveling to the West and the South. 
never been to East Coast, never been to New York City. What do you see when you look out your window right now? Um, so if it wasn't such a gloomy, cloudy day, I could, uh, I'd have a really nice view of the skyline in Manhattan. Um, I have a, a pretty nice view of the World Trade Center and, and the front end of Manhattan. Um, it's super gray, so all I'm seeing is fog at the moment. But uh, I, live in, I live in Bushwick, Brooklyn, so it's kind of East Brooklyn. Um, takes me about 35 minutes to get into, into the city every day. Um, but New York's amazing. I, I, you know, I wanted to live here my entire life. I made my first trip to New York uh, in the eighth grade on a school trip. Um, and I sort of instantly knew I wanted to live here. And, and so the whole process was, how do I end up in New York? So when I moved here about a year ago, um, it was huge. I went from you know, living with my parents to packing up everything into a backpack and buying a one-way plane ticket. So it was, it was pretty extreme. But I've, I've felt very at home here. Um, I've made a lot of great friends. It's, it's an amazing place. I, I definitely, you know, I, I, there's so many places I want to live, but I think that New York is always going to kind of be a home base for me. And I, I see myself spending a ton of time here. Man, it's, it has to be incredible. I was trying to just guess in my brain as far as popular shows that are maybe on HBO or NBC or whatever and how many views they would get. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the shows that you're putting out with Daily V, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you're getting, I mean, it is one of the most popular and will have long-term growth for years and years and years to come. Mm -hmm. Um, so you are part of a show, putting out a show that if it's not one of the most viewed right now, it will be, you know, pound for pound within a few years. So, I mean, how does that feel, you know, knowing the legacy that you are creating and leaving for, you know, older and younger generations? Um, I'll be honest, it's very surreal, it, you know. The, the intensity and, and sort of speed that we put out Daily V, sometimes it's easy to get distracted. I'm just sort of, you know, in the motions of, of producing the show. So occasionally I really have to like pull myself out and look at the grand scope and just how amazing it is what we're doing. So yeah, you know, we call Daily V a vlog, but recently DRock and I have sort of been switching gears and we're calling it a daily documentary because we don't really think we're following the traditional sense of what a vlog is. And if you watch other uh, vloggers on YouTube compared to I think what we're doing, you'll see there, there's a very big difference. But it's it's really amazing. Like you said, I think that that as we're as we're growing and we're getting more views, it's going to be a really important show. I mean, not only is it is it there for the entertainment factor and like the production and all that, but you know we're really documenting someone's life who I think is going to become who's going to be looked at in the sort of Steve Jobs, Elon Musk categories of the world. So. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's really, really incredible. And just the speed of, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm editing an episode right now that's going to go out later today, and it was all stuff that was filmed yesterday. And so the day started in London and ended in New York City. You know, there was all kinds of craziness in between. And so the speed of, you know, getting that footage, I'm editing right now, and we're going to turn it out, and it's going to be, you know, public and get 50,000 views by tomorrow, that's <sighs> that's a lot of fun, and it's something that, that isn't really happening yet. That brings it to another question. Jeanette asks... I'm curious about the turnaround time, the weirdest place that you guys have had to edit. You know, what what does this average day look like when you're editing so much and you have so much tremendous footage to sift through each and every day? Um, you know, do you already have a kind of an idea timeline in your head before the day starts or is it shoot and let's find the story? Talk about the process. 
So it's one of those things that we're still like working through and trying to figure out the most efficient method. Um, essentially, for me, what happens is I'll, I'll kind of work backwards. Usually around nine o'clock at night is whenever DRock gives me all the footage um, if he's shooting that day. So by about nine o'clock at night, I have all the footage from the day and I'm going to start watching because I'm spending the majority of the chunk of my day editing the previous day. So at nine, I have the new day of footage and I watch all of that footage overnight for the most part until usually two or three in the morning. So at that point, I will have all of the selects sort of pulled out and I'll have a rough idea of the day. Um, a lot of times I'll look through Gary's schedule um, from the previous day and sort of see a layout of when he was traveling and just so I have sort of the physical uh, schedule along with all the footage that I can kind of match up. Um, so I'll watch all the footage by about 3 a.m. I'll go to sleep for a few hours and then the next day I usually have about four to five hours to do the edit. Um, so it's definitely a very intense turnaround time, but we're getting better. You know, there is a little bit of a structure, even though every day is so dramatically different. If you watch them um, back to back, you'll notice that we have a little bit of a pattern that we try to follow in the sense of like, you know, there's an opening clip and then our intro and then it's, you know, a traveling montage going into the first meeting and then it's, you know, traveling to the next one. You know, we, we have sort of that structure. So that I think allows us to do a little bit of the faster turnaround time. But that being said, We've definitely had nights where we're pushing until, you know, 1130 at night trying to get an episode out. You know, if if one of us is traveling with Gary, um, we can't get the footage to the other person. So, you know, I know D-Rocks had to, you know, edit episodes in a hotel room in Las Vegas in between meetings with Gary um, to get the episode out. So it's definitely very, very intense. But the challenge is a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely something that that I'm enjoying. Yeah, the challenge is, you know, as an artist, it that challenge to create is about the best it can possibly get. You know, it's like, man, yeah. I got to problem solve. I got to use my creativity. I got to use my brain. I got to solve this problem. Uh, wow, man, that's, uh, I just love it. I love it. What? How many hours are you guys putting in on a typical day, typical week? Um. It, it really ebbs and flows every day is differently. Um, I would say minimum a day is going to be 12 to 15 hours. Um, and that's seven days a week because we do the show every day. Um, but then some days, you know, if, if Gary, you know, might go on vacation or might have an off day or something, then, then that always changes. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, usually 12 to 12 to 15 hours is sort of our daily minimum. Um, so yeah, about, you know, 80, 100 hours a week somewhere is generally where it's going to fall. And is there any kind of thought about, you know, what's next? I know you're knee deep in it, head down, you know, speeding train locomotive moving forward. Do you have any thought of, you know, when you're third, because what, how old are you now, Tyler? 23, I think? Uh, yeah, yeah, I just turned 23. So is there a, a thought of, you know, this is amazing now, you know, my long-term goal is X, my stretch goal is X. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's funny if, if I just look at, you know, the last year and how much my life has changed and, and what Gary's going through and how different things are going to be a year from now. Um, whenever I initially, you know, started with Gary, my goal was that I was going to get a couple of years of experience and then I would go and, uh, 
I wanted to essentially do what we do for Gary, but I wanted to work with different people all over the world. And instead of staying with one person for, you know, multiple months, I would just spend maybe a day or two with them and create these individual documentaries um, about their life. And I think in a lot of ways, that's still the goal, but um, I'm definitely gonna sort of ride this wave with Gary for a while. There's so many opportunities that I think are gonna happen. And, you know, just looking at, at how short of a time it's been thus far, um, I can only imagine things are gonna get really crazy over the next few years. I, I completely agree. In addition to having Gary in the room, who is one of the people that maybe you've walked into a meeting Gary's having and maybe you thought, I cannot believe I'm in this room right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens a lot. Um, <laughs> recently, so I'm actually, I'm a really big hip hop fan. And uh, if you, you know, stay up with the show, you'll see that Gary's doing a lot of meetings with uh, hip hop artists and rappers right now. So I've met uh, a lot of sort of heroes of mine. Um, uh, we, we met with Wyclef recently, Wyclef Jean. Um, that was huge. It, it, there's sort of these surreal moments of, I remember, you know, being in middle school and in the first years of high school and, you know, walking in between classes and listening to those albums. And, and now, you know, I'm sitting in the room shaking these people's hands and, and sort of getting a peek into their mind has been really interesting. Um, a couple of days ago, we met with, uh, with Charlie Walk, who's the president of Republic Records here in New York. Um, and that was amazing. You know, we're, we're sitting in a room and there's, you know, a platinum record from Drake sitting on the wall. And so just having these kind of associations and relationships has been really amazing. And it, uh, it's only going to get, you know, crazier with, with the people Gary's meeting and, and the new projects he's working on. And oh, sort yeah. of it's all just going to translate over. I would not in any way be surprised if we see an episode, if it works for Gary, and that's what you guys want to end up doing, that you guys are sitting down with President Trump. You know, I mean... That's just the I'm level sure. you guys are at, you know, it's just crazy. So, so you're sitting down with White Clef and maybe the inside of you, you're like, I'm about to lose my mind. You know, yeah. this, I can't, yeah. does Gary prep you guys like, Hey, don't get starstruck, keep your shit together. Or will he let you get like goo goo, you know? <laughs> um, it's funny. He's never like really prepped us. And honestly, you know, the really strange thing is now that I, it's, you know, I've been around it a lot. It's kind of become the new normal. So I am very rarely like starstruck anymore. Um, but I remember one of the first sort of celebrity meetings we had was uh, the rapper Fat Joe came in. And uh, that was the one time where I remember I was kind of like shaking and I was super nervous. Um, but it's cool. I mean, we just try to keep a level head and you got to remember that you're representing the brand and and all that stuff so you can't like embarrass anybody um, but it's definitely becoming the new normal so you know these are just people that I'm associating with and that I can you know walk in and shake their hand and and I'm in a position where they trust me and so I just have to to, to, to look look the part even though I might be kind of freaking out on the inside mm -hmm. yeah and let's talk a little bit about uh, so now we're you know, kind of focus, which the whole show is for photographers and videographers, but yeah. I, I want to give them a little bit of uh, kind of tactical knowledge. Talk about some roadblocks that you have encountered along your way with your development as a videographer and editor, you know, some areas that you really struggled with and maybe when you broke through, you had big epiphanies or, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think so much of it just comes down to to constantly putting in the work. I. You know, the the last five years, whenever I was living in Florida, um, I was doing a photo shoot every single day. Uh, one of my favorite photographers, Zach Arias, has a quote that um, says, if you wait until you're ready, 
uh, you'll never get started. And so I was constantly sort of trying to grow and, and try new things. Um, sorry, there's an ambulance stuck in my apartment. I'll give it a yeah. second to, to it, let it go It's good. I, man, I love it. I don't hear a lot of... I mean, we down the road from me, there's a... You know, the, uh, we're in Wichita Falls, Texas. So we're North Texas. We're nice. about 135,000 people. You know, mm -hmm. um, and there's a little kind of emergency... Uh, I don't know what do you want to say. It's like a distribution center for some ambulances. Uh, so I hear them, but in my mind, when I'm hearing an ambulance in New York City, it's totally different. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's totally. It's different. funny. I, you know, I live on kind of a main street, and so there's constantly like horns and sirens going around everywhere, um, and yeah. it's sort of become the new normal that it's just what I hear. So it's actually kind of strange whenever I go back home to Florida or I go visit my yeah. mom in Tennessee. Um, it's always like almost too quiet. Like I don't know how to function without all the, the ambient noise going on. <laughs> what does mom think about you, Tyler? What does she think about her, her baby boy and, and what you're doing right now? I'm, I'm sure, you know, we, it's funny. We've had conversations about it that even though she's very proud, sometimes she just like can't let herself think about me like living in New York City by myself because she gets a little bit nervous. Um, but, you know, my mom has been one of my biggest fans. I, you know, I, so I was a really bad student in school and, I never really sort of fit the traditional path, um, but she was always a really big fan and was always super supportive. Both of my parents were um, on, you know, telling me to, to go for my dreams and, and to always sort of just follow my heart. So it's been amazing. And I think they're both really proud that I, you know, have had some little bit of success so far and uh, am able to kind of make things happen and take my own journey. So it's been good. Amen. It, mama time and getting love from mom is... Uh... There's nothing better. I mean, I'm a dad, nothing to take away from dads because I love my dad, you know, yeah. and my dad has meant a great deal to me and my stepdad, but there's nothing like uh, that, a good hug from mom, a kiss, yep. and, and eating mom's food, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the best. What kind of gear do you guys shoot on? I mean, cameras, what do you record with? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lenses. Give like, a, like a brief rundown. So, yeah, I... I shoot with two main cameras, one focusing for video and then one on stills. So I guess I'll start with my still setup first. Um, it's a Canon 6D uh, and then I shoot with two main lenses. One would be a 50 millimeter 1.4 and then um, a 24 to 70 2.8. Those are my, my go-to. Um, I experimented a lot with like telephoto stuff. I used to, when I was living in Florida, I was focusing more in uh, fashion. And so I was shooting a lot with like a 70 to 200 because I liked the, the compression on the long end. Um, but being in New York, I've noticed that I'm transitioning to shooting a lot more wide angle stuff because I'm shooting a lot more of the city and things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying the 50 and the 24 to 70. Uh, for video work, we shoot with a Sony a7S Mark II. Um, the megapixel count's really low on it. And I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with that camera, but the low light for video is really amazing. We, um, excuse me, we, we don't shoot much 4K, but it's nice to have the option. And I really enjoy having the um, 120 frames per second. So if we have a moment to get something like to slow down and go really cinematic with, that's super nice. Mm -hmm. um, and then I usually shoot the same two lenses on the Sony as well, uh, using a Metabones adapter, which is cool because we get an extra stop of light with the Metabones. Um, the only issue is you only have manual focus at that point, which can be a little bit of a hindrance, but since it's focusing on video, it's not too big of a deal. Um, though I'm really excited about experimenting with some of the new Sony G uh, series lenses. Those things look really amazing. Um, 
So those are our main two camera setups. And then we use a Sennheiser wireless lav mic, which is really nice. Um, we just got the new ones with like rechargeable batteries so we can get through most of the day on one charge. Um, they've got really nice range and it's like really crystal clear and uh, we can record audio directly into the camera, which is super nice. Best piece of advice you've ever received, Tyler? <laughs> um, am I allowed to swear on this? Hell yeah, you are. Okay, all right, cool. Um, the, the best piece of advice uh, I, I think I've ever gotten was from Gary, and it was on our very first meeting. And, you know, after we sort of had this discussion, there was a moment of silence. And so I looked at him and I said, you know, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I was 22 at the time. And I said, you know, what's, what's one really good piece of advice? And he said, don't fuck up the opportunity I'm about to give you. And so that's something that I remind myself oh, of wow. every single day. Um, but, but the biggest thing that I think other people can take is, is you can always be the hardest working person in the room. You know, there's always going to be someone who's more talented or has better gear or anything like that. But, but the one, you know, variable you can control is you can always be the hardest working person in the room. So, you know, when I was an intern, I was the first one in and last one out every single day, which I think got me noticed. And, and the biggest thing is just don't get comfortable. Always be the hardest working person in the room because that person's very, very rarely going to lose. Jackie asks, how does Gary keep the employees at VaynerMedia motivated? You guys are doing so many different things. And, you you know, like you said, you'd worked there for a while before you even had the opportunity to get some FaceTime with Gary. So yeah. um, there's got to be something more to it than just saying, hey, I'm working for Gary V. You know, like the people that are down in the trenches cranking out the client work, how does he keep them motivated? You know, I think the, the great thing about Vayner is Gary's really developed an amazing culture. Um, you know, everything about working at Vayner is, is just, it's really great. You know, they, they keep a good atmosphere. Everyone's very happy for the most part. Everyone really likes their job. Um, it's one of the few places I've been that, you know, we're, we're becoming a very big company now. We've got, you know, seven going on 800 people. And so, you know, there's a lot of people you don't know in the office now, but, but the great thing is that there's just this community vibe where you can, you can introduce yourself to anyone. Um, you can say hello and, and make friends very easily. So I think honestly, a lot of it is all predicated on that, um, of just keeping people happy while they're working. You know, Gary also meets with everyone. Um, as crazy as the schedule is, he has a five minute meeting with every new employee that comes in and he really tries to reverse engineer what they want. So whether that's, you know, more money or more challenges or, you know, whatever may be on their list of goals, he tries to really do what he can to give that to them. And so I think that's the great thing. And that's what keeps everyone motivated that, that there's always a place to go and always room to, to move. What's Gary's thought on passion projects or side projects outside of Vayner and you know, things like that. He's, he's very big on them. You know, it's funny being, uh, editing all this video and, and being in the room sometimes with these meetings with one-on-one, -on -one, uh, with, with the new employees, he's always open and, and people might, you know, pitch him an idea or, or say, this is their side project. And people can be as bold as to say, you know, this is, this is my side hustle and I plan on building it up and then I'm going to leave Vayner and go work on this. And he will actually fully give them support and help. And, and I've seen him do some really amazing things with, you know, past employees that are trying to build up their own company. Um, you know, Gary's philosophy is, and, and I think it's something really amazing is that, you know, Gary's going to win. And, and if you're going to win, then you should always be happy with helping other people win too. Um, 
you know, I, uh, just speaking from like personal experience, I, I don't have as much time for, you know, side projects and passion projects is what I would like. Um, just because, you know, my, my workload is so intense with Gary, even though I, I love what I do. But, um, a few months ago I have a, uh, a personal project that I wanted to go shoot in LA and he was really supportive of that. He, you know, helped me out, get everything aligned and, and sent me out to LA on, on his dime for me to work on that project. And, and so I'm actually hoping that I'm going to put it out pretty soon, but, um, He's very, very on board with personal projects and helping everyone sort of do what they want to do to make them happy. Tyler, there's someone listening right now who is extremely inspired, extremely motivated, very mm -hmm. pumped up to hear to hear you and hear this story, yeah. but they have a lot of self-doubt, right? And they say, Tyler, that's awesome. You're the man. Gary's the man. I'm glad you have a great life, but that could never be me. What do you say to that person? Um, so I speak from experience. I probably have the worst self-doubt in the world. Um, I actually, my phone background literally says, stop doubting yourself. Um, <laughs> it's, it's something that, that I battle with every single day. Um, and so, you know, and it's something that, that I've struggled. One of, you know, I'm not really one for New Year's resolutions, but my, my goal for this year was, to, was that I wrote down I wanted to become my biggest fan. And I think that's so important that you really have to have to figure out what you want to do and what's going to make you happy and then start going for that and, and to stop caring about what other people think. And and I'm super empathetic to it because it's a struggle. You know, I, I get it um, for, for years growing up and not doing well in school. Everyone kind of told me that I was a loser and that that I wasn't going to be able to do a lot. And I just I had to get hyper, hyper focused on what I wanted and what was going to make me happy. And whenever you do that and you just you just kind of try, try to block everything out and get really, really busy doing your thing, eventually you're going to break out. And, and once you start getting that traction, it's just going to it's just going to kind of snowball and you're going to get more and more, uh, more and more movement on what you want to do and your thing. And, and eventually you'll get there. And I know it's super tough, but you've just got to kind of do your best to push through it and stop caring about what people think and and just do the thing that's going to make you the happiest. Amen. And it's uh you just have to accept the fear and go for it, right? And just yeah, say, absolutely. Uh, I'm worth it. I'm worth this. Yeah. I'm one of my biggest things that, that I say is that, you know, one of my biggest fears is that I never want to wonder what if. Um, you know, I spent years before I moved to New York saying that I was going to move to New York and talking about it. And there were so many ebbs and flows and, and so many times where I felt like it wasn't going to, uh, to happen. But whenever I finally just went for it and jumped and, and took that shot, it's been one of the biggest weights off my shoulders because I'm never going to wonder what if, like what if I hadn't had moved to New York? What if I hadn't have gone for it and tried to, tried to trace the dream? I know what's going to happen. And so once you do it once, once you kind of break through that wall at least one time of like fear and self-doubt and really just, just go for it, um, it becomes very, very easy to move forward after that. Tyler, you are the man, dude. This has just been so inspirational. I appreciate you so much for taking time at, literally out of your day as you're editing right now to, to come on and just share some inspiration and a vantage point of what it looks like from where you are along your journey here in life. So Tyler, anything else you'd want to send out there to any of the listeners or the world or you know, your mom, your dad, anybody? <laughs> um, well, I've always got to show mom some love and, and yeah, I'm sure she's going to listen to this and, and be my biggest <laughs> fan about it. So love you, mom. Um, 
my, you know, my biggest thing is, is kind of harping on, on what I just said. I, I just don't want people to be scared of going for it. Um, you know, I think that people, people have told me I'm lucky and I think luck is where, where preparation and timing meet and kind of collide. So my biggest thing is to just practice and practice and get better at what you're doing. Shoot every day, work and learn new things, never get comfortable. Always try to adapt and, and move forward and, and just every once in a while you have to really take a leap of faith and, and go do the thing you want to do. But speaking from experience, I think if you just go for it, you, you'll be surprised what happens. Tyler, people want to follow you and, and look into some of your work. Where can they check you out online? Absolutely. Um, the best place to find me is through Instagram. So I'm at Tyler Babin. Um, I've really been trying to triple down on Instagram and, and get really engaged with my community there. So you're more than welcome to, to send me DMs or comments on my stuff. And I'm always down to have a conversation. Um, I also have a website, tylerrabin.com, though I'll be very upfront. I've forgotten to update pictures on there for forever. Um, so don't judge me if you go look at my old work. But um, yeah. those, are, those are the two primary places to, uh, to get in touch with me. And if they want to check out Daily V, how do they check that out? Absolutely. So uh, you can either go to facebook.com slash Gary or uh, youtube.com slash Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, we post every single day, uh, multiple clips a day, little tidbits from Daily V, as well as the full feature episodes go up daily. There it is, guys. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a great day for me. I've been excited about this interview. A lot of people have been very excited to kind of peel the, the onion back a little bit and, and get a, a, a new perspective into... Uh, what you guys are doing over there with Gary. So congratulations, great job, God bless. You know, I, I wish nothing but extreme success for you and I hope you continue to find those challenges that push you to greatness, my man. Awesome, so, yeah, thank you. This, is, this has been great, really good conversation. Right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, I am your host, I am your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks, and this is Steady Focused. Thank <laughs> you.